rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Hey. All right. Hi, Jim. I see you. Thank you for your super chat already right out of the gate. Let's hope that others join us. My name is Tara Devlin, and this is Unapologetic Liberal Talk. We meet every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, and we are rebroadcast on Sunday starting 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes and keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it, you're worth it, and live it. And during the week, so we play it by ear, I try to do as many shows as possible, especially if we get a new patron during the day or more than one. So I want to tell you, we didn't get any patrons last night. Whatever. We'll have to try harder next time. And there's a hair in front of my eyes. I don't know. Somewhere. Where? I can't see. So, uh, yeah. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, and we will have more shows. We'll have a, a regular schedule during the week. Won't that be great? And that's how you got to do it. You can't fight fascism part-time. It has to... You have to meet fire with fire. The thing is, we don't have big moneyed interests backing us. We have each other. I think that we can we can do it. That's why we stick together, we win. But we don't have the Mercer family like Breitbart has. We we that's why I have to annoy you all the time and ask you to become a patron. And it's that important. That's the way it is. Otherwise I was I was just talking to a friend of mine on the phone and that's what we were talking about. How she's in the Rockaways right now. And because of the pandemic, so her partner has a uh, her partner's parents passed away, but they had a home in the Rockaways. So now they have this other home in the in the Rockaways that was the parents' home. Now it's their home, but they also have an apartment in New York. But they've been staying in the Rockaways for the duration of the pandemic, pretty much, and. The weird things, what she was saying is that it's really difficult. They have some normal people, neighbors, but there's also a bunch of Trump Z's in the neighborhood with the Trump flags flying all the, all over the place. Every other home has a Trump flag. And we were discussing how how is this possible? It's bizarre to me. Don't they? Know? I mean, this is New York. The, the Rockaways is not... It's not some distant land. We know Twitler. We understand who he is. We have watched him for decades prowling the discotheques. That he's a con man. We know he has a history of stiffing his workers and just being a big bloviating buffoon. So I don't really get what what the appeal is. The Twitler, I mean, maybe it is that they just like the idea of throwing a Molotov cocktail into the the middle of the country and upsetting the libs. As if, it's not just upsetting the libs. We're talking about 
human, anybody who's a normal person, upsetting. And if that is your motivation, your whole reason for being is to trigger somebody, trigger your fellow Americans, then you're, you're not a patriot. You're a, an infant. And that's what Republicans have done. They certainly have that base locked up. But she also said, well, we were discussing why. How is this possible? This is like the other, the last show we did. And I played that clip from that lady being interviewed. Oh, who voted for Trump in 2016. And um, the interviewer was uh, asking her, who is she supporting now? And the lady was saying, oh, I'm undecided. I have to see more. And what do you got to see? What more can you see? I mean, we saw it all when he came down the escalator. Anybody who had a brain in their head. That's why I'm wearing this shirt. Available at the RDT Daily. Can you see it? Therefore, I'm liberal with a brain. That's at our merchandise store. Just the plug. I like this shirt. It's very comfortable, too. The material. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. I like sleeping in it, too. I like sleeping in t-shirts. I like wearing t-shirts. And anyway, so she was also, we were also saying it really has to do with propaganda, Fox News. The, the most egregious attack on our democracy occurred when Bill Clinton put the nail in the coffin of the, um, of a, a, a free and independent media by signing the Telecommunications Act of 1996. That was probably the event where all our, not, not all, many, many of our troubles can be traced. Because without um, the corporate media, we wouldn't be in this boat. So propaganda works. Propaganda is important, and that's why every dictator, the minute they seize power, they take over the means of communication. And... That's why what we do here is is vital. Otherwise, we're not going to win. We have to get the word out that we're not talking about... We're talking about uh, saving democracy and making the world safe for democracy, pretty much. Because without the United States, you, you see what's happening in all over the world that the that authoritarian authoritarianism is on the rise just as for a couple of hundred years democracies were um, were on the rise now it's pretty scary because we kind of all agreed for a while there that um at least openly in public that uh, democracy is the 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 best form of government that serves the majority of humanity. It's the most moral form of government, but not it, that's not taking hold anymore. As far as what even Putin with as where Putin is concerned, he openly disdains democracy. He's not even, he's not playing. He's not, he's not pretending to be somebody who, who cares about democracy. In fact, he points 
to the United States, the chaos in this country that Twitter has created. Well, he hasn't created it. That's not really true. He didn't create it. He has, he's exploited it. It's always been right there, but we've never had somebody who've, who has lacked the moral, this, this is the morality who's been such an empty succubus, a gaping black hole of need and narcissism, sucking up everything, all the energy, sucking up all the energy on the planet, commanding attention and getting it. You know, it would be a different story if corporate media ignored him. But no, they got to run to his beck and call, and they they made him possible. They love it. What, as Les Moonves said, it may not be good for the United States, but he's sure good for CBS. CB, yes. <laughs> I almost said CVS. And CBS, too, I guess. So, yeah, we're in big, big trouble. And um, I, um, we, we stopped the show sh- pretty early last night. I'll probably do the same thing tonight because of the Democratic Convention. I'm sure you guys want to catch it as much as you can, as I will be watching it too. Um, I'm not going to do a watch party. I explained before, the last time we did a watch party, they shut down my YouTube channel. I can't take that chance. So we need, because I need, this, uh, this is a bread and butter here. So if you can, become a patron and join us on the YouTube channel and follow Jim's lead, as many super chats as possible. We have to get this show to the point where, I mean, we are growing, I have to tell you. I could see the numbers, but not fast enough for my liking. So just keep doing what you're doing. Get the word out. And one day we'll be looking back and say, remember when. And in the meantime, if you... You don't have to be a patron to join our Discord page. So look in the description of the show and you'll see our Discord link and join us there. You could send me messages. You can also, uh, whatever, if you have suggestions. And I have read your suggestion haiku. And I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, as you know. Many good ideas. and So, all right. So much going on. Um, Last night, we talked about the Democratic Convention and how irritating and annoying it is to watch the Democrats promote... What what convention is this? Is this the Democratic Convention? Why do I see so many goddamn Republicans in front of my eyes? In front of my beautiful eyes? Why do I have to bother my beautiful eyes looking at a bunch of Republicans in a Democratic Convention? Are you serious? Give me a break here. We're talking about this irredeemable GOP death cult. The Republican Party is officially a greed-centered death cult, an anti-democratic greed-centered death cult. I'm sorry. And it's stocked to the brim with professional victims. And what the hell is the Democratic Party doing giving them a platform. Let them destroy themselves. You know, don't interrupt your enemy when, it's, when they're destroying themselves. 
Unfortunately, as we say, they're taking everybody with them. That's the way Twitler is. That's a sociopath right there. If he's got to go, we're all going down with him. And trust us. Trust me. As Michael Cohen said, there will not be a peaceful transfer of power. This is clear. He's been signaling this. He's not kidding. He will not leave quietly. They're they have they're setting it up that they know it's going to be a blowout and they won't accept the results. He's trying to cheat. That's how it goes. That's Twitler. He's a filthy, disgusting con man who hates this country. They only wrap themselves in the flag like a hooker wears high heel shoes to attract their, their tricks. Right? It's true. Please, if it, if it were that they would get the same bang for their buck for, for burning an American flag, that's what they would do. They hate this country, Republicans, absolutely. Know them by their fruits. And they also hate the American people. They only love greed and power. But they're the, they're the professional victims. Now, the Republicans are getting ready for their convention. How many Democrats do you think they'll have on stage? Maybe Joe Lieberman this time. Is he a Democrat still? I know he was at a Republican convention once. These people are... Just look at the lineup at the Republican convention and let me and and tell me why would the Democratic Party do them such a favor by bringing in some what we are supposed to consider reasonable voices how reasonable is it to have Colin Powell on a stage now here's somebody who is a war criminal Someone who lied to the United Nations, who lied to the United States, to the people, who lied us into a war that we're still stuck in, who destroyed the Middle East, turned uh, the Middle East into an incubator for terrorists, and how many Americans have to die? How many have to go homeless and hungry? And how how many times we have to hear, we're broke, we're broke, we're broke, while they pour more money into that pit, into that blood-soaked hell pit for the military-industrial complex. Absolutely. That's... uh, Invading Iraq was on the conservative agenda for generations. They wrote a letter to Bill Clinton when he was president the Project for a New American Century, urging him to enact regime change in Iraq. And in that letter, famously, they wrote how we needed a unifying Pearl Harbor-type event. The new Pearl Harbor, that was 9-11. So they had used that, the, the attack on American soil that the Republicans allowed, whether they allowed it or deliberately allowed it, or allowed it through their ineptitude. Either way, it is a 
goddamn disgrace and yet another reason why no republicans should be prancing around on the in front of the democratic convention these are people that lied us into a war for god's sakes and colin powell gets to be rehabbed by the democrats it's it's, it's a disgrace John McCain. Oh, he saved Obamacare. Well, what else did he do? He he gave us Sarah Palin. He propelled Sarah Palin to the national stage. This maverick. If he really was a maverick, uh, you know, you might forgive him for his for the likes of Steve Schmidt coming to him and saying, "Oh, I got this great Republican who fits the suit." You know, that's what, they don't go around ask, looking for somebody qualified. They look for somebody who can peddle their bullshit, kiss-up, kick-down ideas, which are the only idea they have is make the rich richer. That's it in a nutshell. And all the other things that they do are just tactics to that end. Racism, tickling races, funny bones, exploiting um, divisions, exploiting ignorance, cultivating ignorance. So when Steve Schmidt went to John McCain and said, well, I mean, for example, George W. Bush, he, what happened with Karl Rove? I remember reading Karl Rove said when he met George W. Bush, he said, I can make him president. Not, he's so great, he should be president. Here's a guy that is is uh, such an amazing leader, has so many great qualities that he should be the president. No, I can make him president. He fits the suit. Look, he's got that old, that stupid swagger, the fake Texan accent by way of Massachusetts. I mean, they're so full of it. Clearing brush. He's just, he's a dum-dum like the rest of I can make him president. Not that he should be president he was born he's a born leader america needs this man i mean please this is what who they are they are it's it's all a game it's a racket so steve schmidt the same thing so they scoured the country looking for a female republican they to fit the bill it was like when michael Steele, after the democrats nominated Barack Obama as the Democratic candidate, the presidential candidate, what did the Republicans do? They had a seat. They, I see you're a black man, and I raise you a black man. Here you go. We got Michael Steele. It's all, th- that's what they, pl- they talk about identity politics. That's what they do. Oh, see, you got a black guy. We got a black guy. Right? And now, well, when McCain, he needed to balance out whatever, oh, he needed his evangelical base. They, they need somebody to appeal to that. Pro, oh, well, here comes Sarah Palin. She's a woman. She's got a Down syndrome child. She's pro-birth. Uh, she's not pro-life. She's pro-birth. She likes to shoot animals. She's... She likes to carve up perfectly innocent animals who are minding their own business. She's a blood-soaked mor- maroon. She's perfect. 
And she's a bigger misogynist than the average typical Republican male. And that's also what's required of the Republican female. I should write a book about this. It's sort of like, like how Jane Goodall studies the apes. I need to write a book on the Trumpanzees and the Republicans that created them. And and their cousins. Well, they're they're the same. It's Trumpanzees and the their Republican cousins. The Trumpanzees are a breed onto their own, but their Republican cousins, they're not that far removed. That's for sure. They made this entire scam possible. So when they picked Sarah Palin and they gave, they said, oh, she's great. Look, yeah, pick her because she's a woman and yeah, they don't give a shit about breaking new ground or if anybody's even qualified. Because when they immediately, not too soon after they brought her on board, they um, started to discover how unfit and unqualified she actually was, how unprepared, how not, how they would never get her prepared because she's not capable of being that prepared. She's an idiot. They all knew it. Nicole Wallace, um, Steve Schmidt, and John McCain. Apparently, during their when they were touring around on the uh, doing their different stops on the tour bus, they, were, they weren't even speaking to each other after a while, McCain and Palin. Because McCain knew that she was a moron. Now, if he was really a maverick, and the rest of them, if they were mavericks who cared about this country, they would have said, oops, we made a mistake. She's not fit. Sorry, guys. Here, we, we're going to get somebody else. And Steve Schmidt likes to re- rewrite history. He, he says that, well, the reason he didn't come forward and, and expose Sarah Palin for what a moron that she was is because he knew that after a while, he knew that they weren't going to win. It was clear they weren't going to win. How do you know that? Look at what happened in 2016. But you know for a fact if... There was, if there wasn't a Sarah Palin, there wouldn't have been a Twitler. All of these things, they are, they follow a natural course. We wouldn't be here if the groundwork, the ground wasn't already laid by everything that came before it, including the, um, the economic disparity that as FDR said are the, it's the stuff of which dictatorships are made and anyway so the republicans um they are an irredeemable greed-centered death cult who crashed the economy three times in a hundred years who tickle racist funny bones who don't care ab- uh, about uniting the American people and made a con man, a literal racist, tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying con man, their standard bearer. And all of those things I just said were before he became the Republican nominee. They knew who he was. 
And in fact, they know more than we know because you're talking about people in the Senate and the and who are in government who get secrets. They have secret and top secret secur- security clearance, so they know what they're dealing with. They understand. I mean, Twitler. Um, any party that makes a Twitler their standard bearer is is an irredeemable party, and. Any party that looks at this landscape uh, that they created, that their policies, their trickle-down, their kiss-up, kick-down, neoliberal, I got mine, sucks to be you, oh, well, go die, you'll get your reward in heaven policies uh, that that looks and, um, and, and says my remedy for the environment that these policies created where the American people miss two paychecks and they're on a food bank line where 80% live check to check. They look at that environment and they say, our fix for this, our fix, quote unquote, is to funnel more money to the top. What does that tell you about that party? And even those like the um, John Kasich's, if I'm saying his name, I know I'm not saying it right. John, I, I can't talk. Sometimes I can't say names. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. John Kasich and uh, all the other Republicans, uh, Christy Todd Whitman, the other um, Colin Powell, those Republicans, they're, they're all for funneling money to the top. All of them, even the ones who are so-called moderate. What are they moderate about? They still want to make the rich richer. They're looking at this environment and their remedy is not to equal the play or level the playing field. They're, They're still talking about more tax cuts for the rich. More giveaways. Less taxes on the rich. More cuts to social programs and and more cutting people's lifelines the little lifelines that we have that goes to show you they're not this is an irredeemable ideological cult it's a goddamn greed-centered death cult yes all of them including everyone that the damn democrats put in front of the American people as if their policies are legitimate. They should be, they should be marginalizing that ideology. That's what the Democrats should do, like what FDR did. This makes me sick, frankly. And this is why we have to have more shows like this, the liberal media, because F this. How much more? How much longer are we going to take it? What, what's the question we ask all the time? Not just how much longer, but how much more do they want? You know the answer. They want it all. And everything I say, 100% is true. The, the Republicans, they have no interest in democracy. They don't like it. They want to destroy it. That's why they're so busy waving the flag. They want you to be distracted by the flag. Put Wrap that flag around your eyes while they pick your pocket and literally unravel 
the very system the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us. That's what they're up to. And F you Democrats for giving them a platform to make them, to make the American people, because a lot of the American people, they don't, they're not engaged. Uh, some of it is not their fault, though. I, of course, I mean, it's, it's tough when you're working three uniquely American low-paying jobs or trying to when you're living check to check. Many people are not engaged. They're exhausted. They're just trying to get through the day. I, uh, you know, they do that by design now. This is what the Republicans do. This is all by design. That's what oligarchy does on both sides. They make you, they, the goal is to make the working class so overworked and uh, overwhelmed that you're too exhausted to, um, to be engaged. You, 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 when you w come home from your 16 hour day, all you can do is lay in bed and, uh, and try to rest for the no another day of being worked tirelessly like a borrowed mule. And yeah, that's the American dream. Get the F out of here. You work hard, play by the rules. This is what we hear our, my entire life. I've been hearing this. If you work hard and play by the rules, well, if the rules are rigged, I don't care how hard you work and how many hours in the day that you work, there are not enough hours in the day for you to work to, to, to get ahead. And what does that mean? It's, it means that the American people, we, you should have one job. You, you don't need a DoorDash or a, uh, some kind of side hustle. You should be able to work one job, make a living wage, have a decent middle-class life, and retire in security without the stress of having to go on GoFundMe for health care. Because that's, what else is the meaning of life? Be able to save for retirement, to be able to have a roof over your head, go on a vacation, buy a new car, enjoy life. Because this is it. I don't care if they tell how many mansions they promise you when you're dead. Uh, funny enough, though, they have all the earthly rewards cornered. They're so concerned about your what's going to happen when you're dead, but they're more concerned about who's got all the the earthly, um, <laughs> you know, all of the material wealth now. Don't worry about the mansion in heaven. Jeez. So it's time we have to wake this effing country up. And we especially, if this Democratic convention doesn't say anything, it, well, if it says anything, it says we especially have to wake up the neoliberal Dems, what are they doing? What kind of shit is this? And don't give me this crap like, oh, this is a far left. We're far left? What's far left when we're so far to the right that I'm practically looking in a funhouse mirror at the back of my head? What is far left when we are the least upwardly mobile? What does that mean? We're asking, not ask, I mean, you can't ask. You got to demand. That's what it's about. We have to demand 
change. Forget it. And what does that change? We need progressive taxation, reinstating the estate tax. We need regulate to regulate corporations that they pay their fair share. And that means that's not zero. Wake up, America. Wake the F up. I hear from um, working class, some working class morons have said to me, well, a, no poor person has ever given me a job. Bullshit. Every dollar that a poor person spends is goes into the economy. They spend it. Every dollar, I mean, well, that's a stupid way to say it. Every dollar that someone who is poor or working class earns, they spend it in the economy. Whereas the rich, what does it do? What did it do for us? How did it help the American people for Jeff Bezos to, uh, to earn, not earn, he didn't earn it, for Jeff Bezos to glom up, to accumulate an extra $13 billion in one day last a couple of weeks ago. What is this? And we allow this to happen while uh, Americans are on lines at food banks. Shame on us. And shame on you if you're an idiot who says, no poor person ever gave me a job. Yes, they have. Because when poor people and working class people spend, uh, get money, they spend it. And that stimulates the economy. When rich people like a Jeff Bezos, who doesn't pay taxes, his, uh, his Amazon, you know, his, his online bookstore doesn't pay, pay zero taxes. But when he earns, or not earns, uh, gloms up $13 billion, what does he do with that? He buys more politicians. So they write the laws to ensure that it remains rigged in his favor. Not favoring you. You could have you could be on a food bank line all around the block. They're not thinking of you. And that's clear. Just by the fact that Mitch McConnell and the rest of the freaks went home. That's who we're talking about. Instead of passing a bill, giving the American people a lifeline, ensuring the lifeline in this pandemic that the, what the Republicans think is that in the pandemic, um, you're not suffering enough. That's what they, that's the message. The, it's not that the pandemic shuttered businesses. Well, they let, the Republicans let these businesses shutter for good. They did that. That didn't have to happen. But, they, the Republicans think the remedy for the millions out of work and the re next Republican Great Depression is to ensure that you're suffering. That's the problem, you see. You're not suffering enough. You're not desperate enough. That's who they are. Now, I've said it before. What if the pandemic affected only banksters? How fast do you think Mitch McConnell would fly in from his, to, would escape his Chinese um, spy wife's arms, her, her loving arms, and run back to the Senate to pass a bill 
funneling more money into the arms of the rich. How much longer are we going to take it? I need to know. I really do. Because I want to know how tired I'm going to be. I mean, I'm glad I'm tired doing this. Because this is important. Unbelievable. And so let me remind you who the Republicans are. When the Democrats are suffering from um, collective amnesia about who the hell they're dealing with, I mean, really, it's like a battered spouse pining for an abuser. Well, that's what I feel about the Republicans. The average Joe Republicans are like a battered spouse pining for an abuser and the Democratic Party. I don't know what they think they're doing. Please love me. Yeah, see, are we we're good. We'll we can we can all get along. What the hell are you doing? Let me remind you who the Republican Party, who they are. I mean, we're talking about a a party that lied us into a war that took the greatest attack that we ever experienced on our soil, that exploited that attack, that national trauma, took that national trauma and, and sent more of our fellow Americans to die. That's what they did. They used that as an opportunity to kill more Americans, to fulfill their fantasy because everything that Republicans, their whole ideology is all fantasy. They, they are failures. I mean, as, they're not failures in regard to creating an oligarchy. You see, let's not be fooled. They're not interested in creating a democracy and having a, a functioning democratic republic. That's not what they're doing. They, so everything that we see and all of the income disparity and upward immobility, that is by design. They've done that on purpose. But they all have to pretend, right? Oh, how did this happen? It must be that you're not working hard enough. It's not the system that's broken. You're broken. You're not suffering enough. You're not desperate enough. Maybe you didn't come up with a clever campaign on your GoFundMe page. Well, let me remind you. Well, here's an article from Jacobin Magazine by Branko Mark Marcetic. The George W. Bush administration lives on in Donald Trump. The media is so full of anti-Trump pundits pining for the leadership of George W. Bush, right? True. This is what we hear. We're all longing for Bush, but he is a war criminal and a buffoon and a nightmare. They all are. Yet virtually every aspect of Donald Trump's presidency was built on the hard right, authoritarian legacy of his Republican predecessor. Absolutely. Wait, where are you guys? I lost you again. Hold on, hold on. Where's my people? Bring me my people. In the meantime, while I'm finding my people, you know what to do. Go to what? Patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and become a patron. 
Where the heck are you guys? Shit. So weird. I hope I didn't close the window. Son of a bitch. Mm -mm -mm. I can't. I'll have to find you in a minute. I can't find you. Weird. I don't like this. I just wonder if I'm still streaming because <laughs> I don't. I don't have any. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Speak amongst yourselves. Fuck. This is so weird. Hmm. Haiku, entertain them for a minute. Where is my account? Mm -mm -mm. All right, here we go. Let's go in here. Okay, I'm back. At least I think I am. All right. I find you. I found you. Good. Let me read this article. So we're talking about the nightmare. That is the Republican Party and George W. Bush. Two years ago, as Serbia's increasingly authoritarian, reformed, ultra-nationalist president gave warm praise to the war criminal who once led the country to disaster, I warned, quote, the history of countries like Serbia is actually instructive for countries like the U.S., they show the danger of rehabilitating extreme and criminal elements of national leadership, of whitewashing their legacies, and of re-elevating them to positions of prominence. Unfortunately, their lessons that Western media doesn't seem to believe apply to their own countries. Hello? Is, it, is that not succinct? and incredibly uh, to the point, incredibly appropriate for what we're dealing with right now? Let me read that again. The history of countries like Serbia is actually instructive for countries like the U.S. They show us the danger of rehabilitating extreme and criminal elements of national leadership, of whitewashing their legacies, and of re-elevating them to positions of prominence. Unfortunately, their lessons that Western media doesn't seem to believe apply to their own countries. Two years on, this has only become more true because the more the chaos of Trump's presidency intensifies, the more clear it is that it's far from the aberration his, fierce, his fiercest critics insist it is. Instead, its pandemonium churns not just in the shadow of the war criminal George W. Bush's eight years in office, but directly because of them. This has been the most obvious in harrowing scenes coming from Portland in the past weeks, where the world has watched armed and armored forces drawn from the Department of Homeland Security attack and even kidnap Nonviolent activists protesting police brutality. The scenes have drawn widespread comparison to fascist governments in the 30s, of the 30s, with, with many bewailing that Trump is using the Department of Homeland Security as something like his own private army. Of course, Trump 
would never have had that opportunity to do such a thing if it was not for the sprawling, opaque, and largely un unaccountable Department of Homeland Security itself, created by Bush and his acolytes. While members of the national security establishment will tell you the real problem, quote-unquote, is Trump and only Trump, the reality is abuse was epidemic, or, or I'm sorry, abuse, abuse was endemic to the DHS from its very beginning when it was weaponized for the purposes of a partisan fistfight and quickly turned its crosshairs on law-abiding citizens. It was inevitable it would someday be abused in the way we are seeing now. Ever since the DHS under Bush broadened its definition of terrorism to include the vague charge of trying to, quote, intimidate or coerce a civilian population to influence the policy of government by intimidation. That's in the Department of Homeland Security's definition of terrorism to influence the policy of government by intimidation that could be anything is that the women's march is that the black lives matter movement is that this that's really what we're talking about if only this were all this terrible year started with Trump nearly starting a disastrous war with Iran, another case where Trump's bumbling aggression was directly enabled by the imperial presidency that Bush pioneered, and Barack Obama escalated. The drone program quickly, well, sorry, the drone program Trump recklessly used to assassinate Iranian General Qasim is that it? Yeah, Qasim Soleimani, after all, was first implemented, at least in a lethal way, under Bush. It's a similar story with immigration and customs enforcement. The agency, whose overreach more than any other, has come to symbolize Trump's proto-fascist rule, and which had its first birthday midway through the Bush presidency. It was under Bush, with his creation of the DHS and reorganization of the federal government to fight terrorism, that immigration was officially revisioned, re-envisioned as a national security threat instead of a law enforcement issue, and that 100%, quote-unquote, rate of removal for all removable aliens, quote-unquote, became goal. Indeed, as Quartz's Heather Timmons pointed out, even the right-wing Heritage Foundation argued that ICE was created as a separate agency without a compelling reason, something that DHS's own Inspector General noted in 2005 would lead to its unnecessary bloating. One senior official told the inspector general that ICE wasn't made with a focus on supporting a particular mission, but rather on building an institutional foundation large enough to justify a new organization. While Trump's reign has brought us new monsters like Stephen Miller, yes, and he is, an, a, he is a monster and a Nazi Jew, 
The Bush Brain Trust has hovered in the wings throughout. John Yu, the the legal architect of Bush's torture regime, has now begun quietly advising Trump and other White House officials, pitching them a new, expansive theory of presidential power based on under-enforcing the law. Trump's unhinged former national security advisor for a year and a half, John Bolton, came straight out of the Bush administration. Both in his physical person and his ultra-nationalist mindset, in his brief time at the White House, Bolton succeeded in both pushing Trump to be more aggressive and in derailing his attempts at diplomacy and military withdrawal, one of the few actually good things Trump ever tried to do. In fact, on a host of issues from foreign policy and the courts to environmental policy and the unilateral use of power, Trump has merely been following Bush's lead, albeit beating him at his own game. A large number of Obama-era executive orders on labor issues that Trump has reversed were themselves were themselves reversals of measures put in place by Bush. For instance, and even the odious Miller has a Bush connection. His mentor was David Horowitz, a Bush fan, whom the former Texas governor courted and was influenced by. So it all, it's all in the family. Trump is not the aberration. He's just, he's not the first, he's not... Then he won't be the last. He's just the next. The shadow of the book of uh, the shadow of the Bush. <laughs> that sounds like that could be my autobiography. The shadow of Bush has worked its influence on Trump from without, as well as from within. It is Bush's appointees and allies, people like John Brennan, James Clapper, James Comey, and Bill Kristol, who pushed the un, the ultimately disproven conspiracy theory that Trump was secretly doing the Kremlin's bidding, manufacturing a political scandal. I don't know about this part, though. I think that Trump is a, is a useful idiot for the Kremlin. There's no doubt in my mind. Trump, um, let's just not read that one. <laughs> you can read the article on Jacobin. It's just a very long article. So he goes into the him. Uh, let's see. Well, Trump has from the start led the most aggressively anti-Russian presidency. I mean, whatever. That's all. I believe that Trump, maybe it's not just me believing it, but isn't this something that just came out too that Trump, and uh, was actually in the Senate Intel report that the Republicans signed off on as well in their investigation that Trump was doing the bidding and welcoming Russian co, you know, collusion. So, but this is this article's a few weeks old. Of course, the Trump administration has deepened deeper continuity with mainstream Republican politics than just Bush. Many of the scarily authoritarian and unprecedented measures that supposedly make Trump a unique fascist threat, politicization, sorry guys, I'm sorry, I really can't sometimes talk, 
Okay, you know what I'm saying. The Justice Department extending surveillance power. The militarized repression of protesters have been driven by William Barr, the former attorney general, to George H. W. Bush, who closed out that administration in similarly outrageous fashion. Former Ronald Reagan administration ghoul Elliot Abrams, another war criminal Barr pushed the elder Bush to pardon, is today point man for Trump's clumsy regime change efforts in Venezuela. And it seems from now on, Iran. The state of play in the United States is therefore very similar to that of countries like Serbia, which failed to excise the hard right war criminals and, and their enablers from government and public life, even, and here we go, and even rehabilitated them. After a period of laying dormant, those officials, having changed nothing, meaning, nothing meaningful about their political beliefs or goals, gradually re-entered the political arena to wield power and influence in government and media under a different leader. And there you go. That's what we say all the time on this show. The next fascist is going to be a capable fascist. If we allow the neoliberal right-wing Democratic Party and their Republican co-conspirators to inflict, to continue to inflict their neoliberal kiss-up, kick-down, Wall Street, corporate, I-got-mine-sucks-to-be-you policies on this country. Continue to inflict it. They have to be overthrown, overturned, we need a new New Deal. The, the thing that would make me the happiest would be if the Democratic Party finally, at last, and this is what we have to push them to do by getting the word out through shows like this, is to push the Democratic Party to adopt FDR's second Bill of Rights and bring that mantle over the finish line. Finally. Enough with the subsidies and the bullshit and the get up, get up. You're Amer we're American. Stop putting your head down. Stop hanging your head. Shut up, get up, get up. How about, I, and it would be easy to get up if I wasn't living check to check. If I didn't have to worry about if I can afford this trip to the doctor. I got this pain in my side. I don't know. I'd rather just work my uniquely American, low-paying job, my, my side hustle, and put it in the back of my mind until I can't stand it anymore. Like, that's why the American people die, needlessly die for lack of health care, because they delay care, because they can't afford it. And you're too... Who could go to the doctor when you got to drive an Uber? Democrats and the establishment media have successfully put all focus on Trump as a freak anomaly instead of stating the truth that he's a typically extreme and authoritarian Republican leader who inherited a set of dangerous powers from his predecessors. So despite Biden's empty sloganeering about restoring the soul of America, there is no actual appetite in his Democratic Party to take aim at the root causes of the country's authoritarianism. Hello? That's why we are here. 
this is not an accident. Authoritarians don't just bloom out of functioning democratic republics. That's not what happens. It's never what happens. And sticking our head in the sand or wrapping Joe Biden around us like a comfy blanket, as Joy Reid described, is not going to fix it. We need to wake up, to wake as many people up, and to push this party and the policies to ensure that another Twitler never rises again. But, I mean, that's a hard ask, man. While the 2008 Democratic platform vainly promised to restore our constitutional traditions and recover our nation's founding commitment to liberty under law after Bush's eight-year assault on civil liberties, a promise that Obama, that year's winner, barely pretended to follow up on once he was in the White House, this year's platform doesn't even play lip service to that goal even though these problems have only gotten worse. It is thus more than likely the authoritarian structures that Trump has used and abused to frightening effect over his term will not only stay in place the next time a scary Republican takes office, but will have actually expanded. Power concedes nothing. It never gives up its power. You think Joe Biden, he'll, this is what we were saying all along. Well, Republicans may like the expanded power, right? The imperial presidency, wasn't that all Dick Cheney's? That was his jam. The the imperial presidency, give me a break. Imperial presidency? That doesn't sound like democracy to me. That sounds like a monarch. And exactly. Hence, what I say all the time, Republicans have no interest in democracy. They are not only rolling back the New Deal and rolling back the progressive era, they've taken us straight to the Gilded Age, right past that, to the American Revolution. They're rolling back the revolution. It's the truth. That's... What do you call it? Like, you know, it'll look different. It's not going to be exactly the same. It won't be the same overnight. I mean, it'll take some time to reinstate the intergenerational monarchy, just like in the Roman Republic. They didn't start right out with an intergenerational monarchy. First, it was the first citizen. Then it was the first citizen would adopt that's how they did it. Oh, he would adopt. He adopted his predecessor. Or his successor, I mean. Then it started to transform slowly that the the emperor would adopt, well, well, would, would make their son, his son, the predecessor. I mean, the ancestor. I keep saying the wrong word. But so that's how it happened. That didn't happen overnight. And don't you think it cannot happen here? Don't ever think that. Nothing is guaranteed. Democracy and republics, a, democratic, a constitutionally limited democratic republic, they have to be cultivated. 
It has to be nurtured and nursed, and it has to be agreed upon, too. This is what another damage that the Republicans have inflicted upon us, which is almost uh, insurmountable, is their in is the the way that they have re that they have well how do I explain like they have redefined for their for their for the dupes who follow them they redefine what the entire I don't know mission statement of America is they say I mean these right wing evangelicals they push this bullshit that the United States was founded, this whole thing about Judeo-Christian values, that the U.S. was founded under Judeo-Christian values. And they only say, they only use the Judeo part. They say that to make it seem inclusive. But no, this country was not founded on Judeo-Christian values. It was founded on the values of the liberal age of enlightenment that throughout religious authority intertwined with a repressive government that ruled Western civilization for thousands of years, hand in hand, the government and the church. It wasn't that's this thing is supposed to be the antidote to that. Sure. That's why they wrote in all that uh, freedom of religion, but it wasn't, it was also freedom from religion. And religion had to stay far outside government because the founders, having lived under the repressive authority of an intergenerational monarchy and a, and a, and a church that kept people in line, that worked hand-in-hand hand with that repressive authority, to keep people from rebelling, telling them that this is your natural sovereign lord. It is a sin to rebel against the king because God made him king. If you rebel and you stand up, you're going against God. That's what, that's what they were told. And people believed it. Of course they did, just like assholes believe Trump now. You can always find a sucker to to who 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 uh pines for their abuser that's for sure so give me a break we were not founded on judeo christian values we were founded on liberal enlightenment values you know e pluribus unum we don't need a stinking monarchy we don't need a, a church interfering with our government. Sure, go to church. Go pray in your closet like Jesus told you. But we're we're in this together. We have many types of people here who don't worship or do worship, but that's none of our business. Oh, God. So they don't, this is what the Republicans have done. They have redefined what it means, what America is. So that, let them have that. That's why uh, many times I say it all the time on the show that we need to break this country up. That's probably the sanest solution, if you ask me. 
And it's not that bad when you think about it. What's so bad? You move on. We'll come up with, I mean, really, we'll come up with a fair and equitable uh, distribution of, of our assets. You can have Kentucky. You can have Mitch McConnell. You can have Ken. I mean, whatever. There's plenty of space. I, you know, when Trump shows his the map with all of, oh, it's so red. Look at how red the country is. Yeah, there's a lot of red because there's nobody living there. The most populated places are democratic. That's because the people who are born in these towns, let's say, and they 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 say, I gotta get the hell out of here. Not all of them, but that's what happened. That's why you have concentration of population in the cities. Because maybe they're gay or maybe they're they're different. They wanna they they can't stand, you know, you can't really be a rugged individual in the Republican Party. Try being a rugged individual. They got something for you. So let me see what's happening here on the chat. Am I wrong? No, I'm not. That's why you guys like the show. Let's see. Where are you? All right. Where was I? Where am I? Who am I? Do I know who I am? All right. So just to wrap this up, there's only one more paragraph here. Um, yes. So, as we were saying, it is thus more than likely the authoritarian structures that Trump has used and abused to frightening effect over his term will not only stay in place the next time a scary Republican takes office, but will have actually expanded. Republicans set the hard right agenda and Democrats legitimize it. That is the pattern that has prevailed over the course of the neoliberal era since the 1980s, with the momentum now slowly building for left politics. There will come a day where that's reversed, but it probably won't be in November of 2020. Well, he, this person, the writer of this article, I guess has some hope saying that there will probably come a day where it is reversed. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully in my lifetime, in your lifetime, I would like to see this happen. Change can happen very quickly, as you see, but we have to push for it. We have to not ask for it, demand it. We definitely need it, in my opinion. We need a general strike. That will put the fear of God into these po these politicians, but we'll never get there because the Republicans have divided us so effectively. They know that we... Uh, oh, shit. What the fuck? Hold on. Is this streaming? Oh, yeah. I looked at my face, and it was still. So I thought... Am I streaming? Is this working? Am I real? Is this real life? Yeah. So. God damn it. 
I'm sorry, guys. Everything sucks. I know. This is why I ask you to become a patron. I mean, this is a one-man band. Trying to do all the... Do the stream and troubleshoot while I'm doing the show. and It's not easy. And sometimes it goes off the rails. I'm, I have to make sure it's streaming, though. So, all right. Well, let's talk about the, how filthy and disgusting the Republicans are. So they're planning their their Republican convention. It is a victim show. It's the professional victim parade. And that's who they are. We know what, what we're... I mean, it's going to be entertaining, frankly. I really kind of wish that I um, could do a watch party during the Republican convention because it's... It's gonna be, um, it's gonna be interesting. It is a real rogues gallery of professional victims. They're lining. I mean, the speakers that they're lining. First of all, Trump is a. That's what he is. This is they're they're so aggrieved. Republicans, they they're so put upon. The whole world is picking on them. If only we let them alone, let them trample, you know, uh, just let them put their knees on our necks without saying anything. If we all just learned our place. But Republicans, for example, here, here we go. The gun-toting couple. We know them. Our friends, I mean... You couldn't write a more um, surreal. I don't know. Let me see. Here. Here's the picture. This woman. I mean, what the hell? Did she... Ch who chose her outfit? The goddamn Hamburglar? I mean, really. Was she like, I'm going to go out there and look like the Hamburglar and you wave your M16 or whatever the hell he has? While I wave my pea shooter, I mean, these people are going to, they're, they're up on federal gun charges. Is it federal? Or, yeah, it has to be. I'm sure Trump will pardon them. Let me see. What's their names again? Oh, all right. Here we go. Washington Post. Paul Waldman's article. The Republican Party will hold its convention next week, and apart from some discussion of where exactly President Trump will deliver his address, almost no details have been made public about what it will look like. But on Monday, as Democrats were staging the first night of their convention, the Post's Josh Dorsey reported this remarkable piece of news. The St. Louis couple, who became famous after wielding guns at protesters on their private street, will be part of the largely digital Republican National Convention next week, Trump advisors said this week. The couple, Patricia and Mark McCloskey. Yes, them two. Them two morons. Will appear on behalf of the president during the virtual week-long event and express their support for him. Oh, what a surprise. I mean, what a bunch of dumb Fucking morons. What a bunch of douchebags. Oh my God. We were so afraid. 
black people walk through a gate and were walking past my home on their way to someone else's home. And I was so scared. I never saw a black person walking down the street. I only saw them mowing the lawn or doing a door dash. So I had to protect myself. If I weren't wielding these weapons, thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for giving me a second amendment. If there were no Jesus-created second amendment, uh, the black people would have murdered me with their eyes. Where uh, they were walking, I, I, I swear it was terrifying. This is who the Republicans are. A bunch of victims. Yeah, they're the ones with M16s with deadly weapons pointed at unarmed human beings. But they're the victims, you see. And as the guy said, this McCluskey asshole, when he was interviewed, uh, it was like the storming of the Bastille. Yeah, I wish. I effing wish. Because that's what we need. The storming of the Bastille. People walking by. All they had to do was sh- nothing. Was shut their their fat pie holes. Shut their Trump holes. And shut their mouths. And just let the goddamn protesters walk by. Nobody was threatening these morons. They're, they were threatening people. That's why they're up on federal gun charges. For menacing. So, the article continues, as I said on Twitter at this point, if you told me that Derek Chauvin would be addressing the Republican convention from his jail cell, I'd barely be surprised. And that is Derek Chauvin, or Chauvin, was a, let's see, the guy who killed George Floyd. Newly released body camera footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me see. Where? What is? Derek Chauvin pressed his knee against George Floyd's neck for nearly eight minutes. Yeah. Well, why not George Zimmerman? He's he's a big right wing hero. He goes around signing bags of Skittles. That's what a disgusting human being he is. He takes a life. You know, all lives matter, right? I thought all lives matter. And this is why I always say, I wish, I effing wish all lives mattered. Just like I wish the Republican Party were actually worshipers of Jesus. I wish. If they were, we wouldn't be dealing with this. We wouldn't have to have a country that doesn't have universal health care. I mean, the reason we don't have universal health care in this country is because of the racist right-wingers who don't want to share. That's it. They really don't want to share a civilization with people who have different pigment than them because they're infants. Some, something's wrong in their brains. They're not able to evolve. And that's ultimately what it comes down to, that they it really ultimately comes down to racism and 
every time I say this a lot and people are like, oh, right wing, you know, re Republicans are always like, I'm not racist. I'm not like, give me 10 minutes with you, with any one of them and we'll have a conversation and I will uncover, I, I will uncover it easily. They don't even realize it sometimes. I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Or I'm not racist. I love, I went to see, um, whatever, Dick, um, I mean, uh, Bill Cosby in concert once. I'm not racist. I actually, my favorite musician is uh, Jimi Hendrix. I'm not racist. But, no, they are. Like these idiots, the McCloskeys. What do you think they would do if this were a primarily white crowd walking down the street? Would they come out with guns like that? I, uh, that is hard to envision. And it's like the same situation with the lady in the park who called the cops on that guy watching the birds because he, he asked her to put his, her dog on a leash. And... She started working herself up into a frenzy. <gasps> this is an African-American man threatening me. That's the same kind of situation that we have here with the, with the McCluskeys. It was terrifying. There's a bunch of black people walking. They went through a gate that was open. And then, of course, the right-wingers they post a, an image of a gate, a broken gate. We all saw the the people walking through an open gate. We have the video. But that's what Republicans do. This is who they are. I wouldn't put it past the McCloskeys to go break the gate and then take a picture to send to Fox News. But on, we have the video of people walking through an open gate that's not broken. There would be no reason to break a gate after the fact unless you're trying to trying to create some a particular picture. And we're not that stupid. Well, Republicans are, but we're not. And this is, you can't tell me, you know, even in the protests with the cops, you cannot tell me that that wasn't a cop walking down in front of in that auto store, breaking the glass so nonchalantly. And people asking, who are you? And him running away, not giving his name. Are you a cop, they asked? Only a cop would walk like that with authority and you know, fulfill his duty to break the windows. It's the oldest tricks in the book. That's what the cops do to turn the average American against the protesters. See, in the civil rights movement or in any movement, this is how you win hearts and minds. That's why nonviolent action is the only way when you're dealing with a repressive government you really cannot go up against them um as in with well, gun to gun or whatever because the government will always win but you 
But your nonviolence resistance, your passive nonviolent resistance, lays bare for all to see the immorality and the uh, uh, the abuse of the of the power structure, and that's what turns the that's what turns the hearts and minds. Just like in the civil rights movement, when the American people saw other human beings being hosed and attacked with dogs, they were repulsed. So you can't tell me that these effing republic these right wingers and the cops in the middle in the protests, this is what they do. They send out some of uh, the agent provocateurs to break windows, to you know, I mean, this is what the right wingers do. They're all about um, false flags, right? But the, that's they don't seem to recognize the, the false flags and the conspiracies happening right before their eyes. But anyway, if you remember what recent Republican conventions have been like and what the Republican Party under Trump is all about, it's completely appropriate that this year's convention would celebrate a couple of rich white people who were so terrified by a multiracial group of protesters walking down their street that they ran outside brandishing guns. Like a couple of morons, I added that. Just the way they were frenzy, frantically running across their lawns, running back and forth. Going, coming together to confer, running, going up on the porch, uh, running which way, this way, that way. Um, They could have accidentally killed somebody. But of course, if they did that, you understand that, you know, a hundred percent, they would still be the victims. They would present themselves as victims. We had to defend ourselves. There was a black person walking down our street. What is this world coming to? And they even had some white people with them. But, oh, oh, the humanity. Yes, um, it's completely appropriate. Yes, I read this already, that a multiracial group of protesters walking down the street that they ran outside brandishing their guns, convinced that they might have to start killing people at any moment to protect their (laughs) preposterous mega mansion. Yes, and that's what they got. Let me see. Here's their preposterous mega mansion. Oh my God! Look at that shit. (laughs) could you see that lady in her hamburglar shirt sitting here talk about ostentatious well no no, another example that money can't buy you class that's for sure There are arguments you could make to defend these two. It was all a misunderstanding. It's no big deal because they never left their property. Perhaps they can get some training to correct their appalling lack of basic gun safety and knowledge. Yes, let's look at this. 
Exactly. Safety experts blast the gun-toting couple from the New York Post by Bruce Golding. The St. Louis couple that brandishes firearms at protesters outside their home violated basic gun safety rules and narrowly avoided a very disastrous result, experts told the Post on Monday. It seems apparent that they have a very limited knowledge of firearms safety and firearms handling, said Charles Stevenson, a former FBI agent and firearms instructor. Stevenson said that although husband Mark McCluskey wisely kept his finger off the trigger of his AR-15 style rifle, wife Patricia McCluskey took no such precaution as she was wielding a silver-colored handgun. The female had it kind of limp-wristed and seemed she was actually pointing it at the individuals in the street, he said. To actually point the barrel of a weapon at somebody with your finger on the trigger could have a very disastrous result. Yeah, she's like this. Look. Limp-wristed goddamn hamburglar. Instead of holding the weapon level, as Mark McCluskey did, I I would have pointed it at the ground or up in the air with my hand on the pistol grip, he added. David Lombardo, president of Safer USA, a a firearms training school in Chicago, said that I could see the desire for a middle-aged couple to be armed. Please. My, you know, give me a break. My granny lived in friggin' Newark, New Jersey. Her entire, I mean, not entirely, she was from Ireland, but, you know, an old lady. She never had to wield a gun. Was always able to go to the supermarket, go get gas, go go on a, I don't know, go on a walk without a gun. She was a little, 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 little old lady. Just a little thing. Ridiculous. These effing Republicans. Oh, but all lives matter, though. When you're pointing a gun... At them, at them, and uh, just might accidentally take one of those lives that matter. Because you're a dumb bitch coward. Sorry about cursing. I'm not supposed to curse. But nobody cares. You guys like it. I don't know. It should, I should stop though. Stop cursing. It's not good. And we only have one super chat, so I'm highly disappointed. Well, and thank you, Jim. How many people we got on this stream? What's going on here? Do people not like the show? What do you think? Should I do this show? I mean, sometimes I really have these questions in my head. Should I do a show? Cursing is fine, Eve says. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Eve. I feel like you're new, Eve. I'm glad you're here. I see some regulars. Let's talk about the you guys. Haiku, Jim, Ed the First, Steve, hello, hello. Hello, Darth. Hello, Resist, Evolve, and Jim again. Hello. Gar, oh, Guyon, Guyon. I hope I'm saying your name right. Please forgive me. 
if I'm not. And please, if you're not already a member of our Discord page, join us. It helps. We're in this together. Gion or Guyon? Andrea. I thought I saw Andrea in here. Here she is. Shannon is here on another channel. And she says, yes, you need to keep doing the show. All right. I will. But I can't do it without you. That's all I have to say. If you're a patron, thank you. Guyon. Guyon. Guyon? Guyon? Is that right? Guyon? Oh, good. Guyon. That's a great name. Such an interesting name. Thank you, Guyon, for hanging out. Sin City and Patricia and Andrea. Hello, Eve. So Eve says, sorry, I'm just a talker, but some people only listen. So yeah, they like it. I can tell, but some just don't talk or type and can be shy or can, I can understand why. That's true. Some people watch and they don't participate in the chat. That's okay. All right. Where were we? Oh my, it's getting late. Oh, thank you, Covert White Rabbit, for your super chat. Um, let me see. So, where was I? We don't need to... We, the point of the story is that they don't know what the F they're doing. They're wielding guns. Oh, thank you, Haiku. You don't have to do this. It's, just, it's always the same. <laughs> Guys, you're doing a lot. Thank you. Please become a patron if you're not already. Tell your friends, share the show with your friends. We're trying to get the show to a point where we can do it every single day, and that's it. This is what we do. We have a set time every day, and we'll do a show on the weekends as our, as our, that will be the specials. All right. These arguments you could make to defend these two, it was all a misunderstanding. It's no big deal. They never left their property, blah, 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 blah. They're appalling lack of basic sun, gun safety, but it's something else entirely to celebrate them. Exactly. What are they celebrating about a bunch of fear-mongering morons, racists? Well, that's the Republican Party. The aggrieved, white, powerful, rich victims professional victim they're so put upon if all then what do i say all the time if only we know our place that's the republican message the the whole message oh here goes the goddamn thing of the republican party is that if the american people all if we only knew our place if we stayed in our place then We'll, we'd have utopia. The problem is that people go out of line. Women don't know their place. Black people don't know their place. Immigrants, you don't know your place. White, rich, white, powerful men at the top, as God intended, 
Everybody else, get in your place. And when you go out of your place, like somebody walks into a gated community, oh my God, then they, you don't know your place. I mean, not to mention that this country, that the, the, the same right-wingers celebrate the very acts of civil disobedience and and corporate vandalism. Well, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The Boston Tea Party was a million-dollar act of vandalism committed by the colonists against the the East India Company, the British East India Company. That was taxing. That that was that the British the British East India Company. Um, had the the British Parliament. It's like what's going on now. The uh, the rich um, parliamentarians, oh, and it was. I mean, the East India Company was founded by Queen Elizabeth the first, and all of these rich, powerful um, lawmakers in in uh, England, they were trying to tax the British, I mean, the colonist tea shops out of the market. So it it was basically the Walmart of its time. When When the ship came into Boston Harbor with this tea from, from the East India company that paid, they paid zero tax on the tea. This is the, why? The colonists threw the tea in the water to save local businesses. So they committed a, an equivalent of a million-dollar act of vandalism against the world's first transnational corporation that was entrenched in, uh, in law and was written into law because well, it's like what happens now. Corporations, you know... Buying politicians and politicians benefiting and profiting, pro- not just benefiting, profiting off of the laws that they write. They're not supposed to, but they do it. That's why we have millionaires. The majority of the House and the Senate are millionaires. This is, a, this is an abomination. This shouldn't be happening. We should be outraged. And... Another reason we need money out of politics, but that's the bottom line. Anyway, and I talk about that all the time, how we fix this country. It's not that hard. Simple, but not easy. It's not, it's only not easy because of the corruption. But if we really wanted to fix the country, that's what we do. Get money out of politics and start from there. Everybody in, nobody out, progressive taxation, reinstate the the estate tax, universal health care, higher education, and living wages. Boom, boom. That's a start. All right, but it's something entirely different to celebrate them. The message is that these people, angry, afraid, and threatening deadly violence as a response to calls to address Systematic racism are symbols Republicans want to hold up and show America what their party is all about. The idea that justice for racial minorities is a threat to white people 
not just a threat to the privileges they enjoy, but a threat to their physical safety is a very old one. And you couldn't find a more vivid illustration than panicked than that panicked couple waving their guns around. And what they and and what will they tell America when they have their chance? that they live on a private street precisely because they don't want to have contact with the kind of rabble that walked past their house one day. Oh, the humanity. That if Joe Biden is elected, you might, you too might one day see black and brown people walking in your neighborhood. And that the only way to stop them is to reelect Trump. That is certainly one of the core messages Trump himself is sending as he attacks the Fair Housing Act of 1968 and tells suburban housewives that their property values are in mortal peril. Perhaps there will be more ordinary people highlighted at the Republican convention to reinforce these ideas. A Republican, a woman from Topeka, Kansas, who was minding her own business at a supermarket when she realized, to her horror, that two people behind her in line were speaking Spanish. A middle-aged man from Utica, New York, who discovered that his own children enjoy rap music. A young woman from Kenosha, Wisconsin, who had to go to her second-choice college. <gasps> is is uh, pretty sure... It's all because of affirmative action. To be clear, this is a technique both parties employ at every convention. They feature people who aren't politicians, but represent something important that the party wants to convey about themselves and the country. We saw it at the Monday night Democratic National Convention, which included a brief conversation with a farmer, a small businessman, a nurse, and others who have been affected by the pandemic and the economic crisis. The most memorable line of the night came from Kristen Urquiza, whose father died from COVID-19 after believing the president's dismissal of a need for safety precautions. His only pre-existing condition was trusting Trump. And for that, he paid with his life, she said. Most of the ordinary people offered direct or indirect indictments of the president. But while Republicans will, will spend plenty of time criticizing Biden at their convention, it looks like they'll use the citizens they feature to indict liberals as a group, painting a picture in which conservatives are hounded and oppressed as the true victims of contemporary America. The McCloskey's play that role. Forget about the people of color who are harassed or even killed by police. What about those who find anti-racism protests frightening? The GOP convention will reportedly also feature Nick Sandman, which we'll get to now. The MAGA hat-wearing teenager from Covington, Kentucky, at the center of the 2019 confrontation near the Lincoln Memorial. What is his story supposed to tell that liberals are mean and that the media is out to get conservatives, that Trump supporters are America's true and only victims? It wouldn't be a Republican convention without the politics of grievance and resentment. 
In his 2016 convention speech, Trump painted a horrifying picture of the post-apocalyptic America he claimed we were living in with violence in our streets and chaos in our communities. Four years later, he says, things have not changed much because good people are still under the constant threat of being victimized by the left and the nightmare they are determined to unleash upon us. When an incumbent president holds a convention, it's usually upbeat and celebratory, all about how America's awesome and things couldn't be going any better. There will be some of that next week, but because it's Trump's convention, it will be dark and bitter. Yep, you know it. Reflecting his unshakable conviction that the way you win is by stimulating what is worst in people. One after another, he'll call up the regular folks whose stories reinforce that message. Be angry. Be afraid. Because America can only be great if you nurture your hate. And it should be quite a show. It's going to be good. Um, as far as Nick Sandman, now he's the teen, now I think, well, he was 16 at the time, who he sued the Washington Post. Now let me... Let me remind you all about the story. So these group of kids went to Washington on a family trip, not a family trip, on a school trip, and there were all these MAGA hat-wearing morons. There was a Native American man who was beating his, beating a drum. Hold on. I have a video of this, I'm sure. And Sandman... It was reported that, I mean, he just had this dumb smear, smeary looking smirk on his face, like an arrogant little Republican. Let's play this here. Nick Sandman, a Kentucky student at the center of that viral video, says he wasn't disrespectful when he appeared to confront Native American veteran Nathan Phillips. He sat down exclusively with today's Savannah Guthrie. Do you feel that you owe anybody an apology? Do you see your own fault in any way? Um, as far of course as standing not. there, standing I there with a big every smirk right to do so. I don't. I. My position is that I was not disrespectful to Mr. Phillips. Really? I respect him. I'd like to talk to him. Unbelievable. I mean. I, in hindsight, I wish we could have walked away and avoided the whole thing. The Covington Catholic High School students, some wearing Make America Great Again hats, were in D.C. last week for the March for Life. I was afraid. He's not disrespectful. When we were look at him. See, look, he's not disrespectful. He's standing right in the guy's face with a smirk. Week for the March for Life. I was afraid. I felt threatened. Because when we were there and we were in front of them, they surrounded us. But after more videos emerged, defenders of the students say there was a rush to judgment. Do you think the students did anything wrong? Nope. A student whose parents didn't want his face shown told NBC affiliate WLWT his classmates were using their school chants, approved by chaperones, to drown out insults from another group of protesters, men identified as black Hebrew Israelites. 
But the chants continued when Phillips entered the picture, saying he was trying to intervene. There was three Native American people there. One of them was jumping up and down, so our guys start jumping up and down, clapping, we're dancing with him. School chants should be in school. And this wasn't school. Today, Native Americans protested in Covington, and even President Trump weighed in, calling Ugh. the students symbols of fake news and how evil it can be. But Phillips says the students should accept responsibility for their like, actions. Like, look at him, though. The Come on. should go through some kind of uh, sensitivity training, cultural education of some kind. Police here are on high alert after receiving threats against the students. The diocese had initially said they could face Please. expulsion. Now it says a third-party investigation will begin this week. Well, come on. Oh, more here than meets the eye. The kid was standing in front of this guy with a with a smirk on his in his personal space. He just acted like a little douchebag, and that. But that's the Republican birthright. You understand? And he's the victim. So here's what happened: the Washington Post settled a lawsuit with Nick Sandman, his family. Now we understand that that doesn't mean that this that the Washington Post is, is incorrect. What they re- in what they reported, they settled, and what happens in many cases, they'll settle a lawsuit. He may have asked for $250,000. That doesn't mean he got it, for sure. But that, don't, that won't stop Republicans from conflating and pretending that it was he who was the... So anybody who could watch that video... Now, as far as the the black Israelites, I know who these idiots are. They're all over New York, too. Well, I don't know about now, but they're assholes. Yes. They're, they attack everybody. And for the most part, people walk by them, and you don't give them any attention. But here in the United States of Serfs and Lords, in, in the divided states of Serfs and Lords, you have a bunch of kids, a bunch of MAGA morons, idiots. I mean, this is a cult, really. They're from Kentucky, of course. Be a, Imagine being a rugged individual in that crowd. They're all a bunch of MAGA morons. Do they even know who Twitler is, what, he, what he's doing, what he stands? I mean, all of them. If this is your, that's your hero... Great, secede and take him with you. But that's another story for another day. And this Native American person tries to break up the uh, back and forth, apparently, between the black Israelites and the Covington kids. And, and Nick Sandman, he, being um, an arrogant little... Republican professional victim who would have not who would have thought otherwise that he was trying not try, he was trying to be respectful to this guy standing in his personal space with a smirk on his face if anything he was asking to uh, you know to, to get a rise out of the guy so 
from the Washington Post, Paul Farrell, Far, Farhi, the Washington Post has settled a lawsuit brought by the parents of a teenager who alleged that the news coverage of the teen's encounter with Native American activists on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial last year was defamatory. The Post admitted no wrongdoing in settling with the family of Nicholas Sandman, the Covington, Kentucky high school student who was involved in an episode during a school trip to Washington in January 2019. Now, what is he going to bring to the Republican convention? I mean, oh, this is what I say. Why I say all Republicans are, this is an irredeemable greed-centered death cult. Because what they're bringing this kid to say and do is to divide the people of this country and to attack the press. That's what the Republican Party has come to. Don't believe your lying eyes undermine the pillars of democracy. You know, a free press that is so vital to a functioning democratic republic that the founders enshrined it in the Constitution. So Republicans naturally, who hate America, who want to destroy this country and drag us back to the system the founders rebelled against, of course the Republicans have to attack the pillars of democracy, the press. So anybody who attacks the press, who undermines the press, is the enemy of the people. They're the enemy of the people. Yes, if the if the press see that's the difference between propaganda like on Fox News or the press. If the Washington Post gets it wrong or the New York Times gets it wrong, that what they do is they issue a retraction. So you don't see that on Fox News. Because truth is not in the business model. Oh, my God. All of a sudden. Oh, that's weird. All of a sudden, I saw it said that nobody was watching the stream. And then I refreshed it. So that's good. I thought, oh, my God, everybody ran to watch the convention. We're going to wrap it up now anyway because I'm sure you guys want to go watch the convention so attorneys for the Sandman's file filed to dismiss the suit on Friday in federal district court in Covington neither side disclosed the terms of the settlement which foreclosed the possibility of a trial the family contended in the suit last year that the post defamed Sandman and seven articles and tweets promoting the article the Post has maintained that its reporting was fair and accurate. I'm sure it was. The Sandman settled a similar lawsuit against CNN in January. Oh, well, this is a double bang banger for Twitler. The terms that the agreement were, of that agreement were also kept confidential. The family sued against NBC is still pending. They have also filed against Gannett, ABC, CBS, New York. I mean, what a fucking bunch of whiners. Oh, poor baby. He stared at, an Af at, a, at a Native American and the press reported it, that he looked like a disrespectful 
teen tw- uh, Twitter troll come to life. He's just another MAGA moron. Well, you know, you could tell the difference uh, if uh, of people who are sincerely and honestly listening to a Native American um, drum or whatever. I don't know how you describe it. You know, you wouldn't st- sit there with this effing, vacant, blank stare and a plastic smile smeared across your face. He was trying to look like the cool kid in front of all of his moron friends who were inciting each other into a frenzy. The encounter between Sandman and Nathan Phillips, a Native American activist, became the subject of a national debate after videos of the scene went viral. The first video showed a teenager later identified as Sandman wearing a Make America Great Again cap in support of Twitler, standing face-to-face with Phillips as Phillips chanted and beat a small drum on the memorial steps. Other students, some of them also wearing MAGA hats, shouted and chanted nearby. Phillips asserted that after the encounter, he had been trying to walk to the memorial when he found his path blocked by Sandman and other students who he felt were ridiculing him. Sandman, who was 16 at the time, later said he meant no disrespect and denied trying to block his path. In the immediate aftermath, many cast the episode in political terms largely as a result of the MAGA hats worn by Sandman and some of his classmates. In their lawsuit against the Post, Sandman's parents said that, uh, or alleged that the Post had targeted and bullied his, their son to embarrass Trump. Poor babies. Good thing the Trump cult comes to the rescue. They just want to embarrass our great president who's just making America great. And so is our son. Our son is making the Lincoln Memorial great by smearing and smirking as a Native American chants and beats his religious drum. Do that to a priest, a Catholic priest. Let's see Sandman stand in front of one of his evangelical pastors giving a sermon and look at him like that and see what kind of reaction he gets. The Post ignored basic journalistic standards because it wanted to advance a well-known and easily documented bias. I'm so sick of that word. Agenda against President Donald Trump. Get the F out of here. It's not bias if it's true. When you're reporting facts, that's not bias. You know, it's bias when you watch Fox News and then studies show that people who watch Fox News are less informed than those who watch no news at all. That's bias. Or when they don't report the, the fact about I mean, anything. Get, pick something about Trump. He is a crook, a con man, a cheat. And that has always been that way. He came out of the womb cheating. 
never have have has has a Trump except for Mary Trump done a good thing in their whole useless lives. The post. Oh yeah, let's see. Um, to individuals, which it's just so ridiculous that this these parents in their lawsuit have to mention Trump. Oh, it's the Washington Post wants to impugn Trump. Well, teach your son not to be a little cuss. And if he's got a stupid plastic smirk, if that's the way he looks, teach him that don't stand one foot away from somebody and stare at them with that stupid plastic smile of yours because it might be misinterpreted. biased against Trump. If you're not biased against Trump, then there's something wrong with you. At this point, bias is not bias. Um, a correct assessment of Trump. If, if you're incapable of correctly assessing who the hell he is, then you got something wrong with you. At this point, you're, what they call bias against Trump is a patriotic imperative. It is the patriotic duty of every American to be biased against a tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying con man who received fewer votes and is ready to destroy this goddamn country and will not go peacefully when he loses if you're a patriot, you are anti-Trump. And and I tell you all the time, it is the truth. You mark these words. One day soon, not too far in the future, everybody who ever cheered Twitler will only speak of it in shamed whispers. Like the good Germans who suddenly, after World War II, nobody could find a supporter of Hitler. But this is what we'll have here. You mark it, I'm telling you. Absolutely. They will be ashamed. And even Lindsey Graham will pretend that he wasn't all on board. He'll be digging up all those old tweets about how... If we have Trump as a standard bearer, the Republican Party will dis be destroyed and will deserve it. And all the tweets how Twitter is a liar, a cheat, a scam, a inept, a racist. A, a, I mean, you know, well, Republican, he, just like the Republican base. So the suit's complaint allege that the Post, listen to this, went after Sandman because he was a white Catholic student wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Because they're the victims. The poor white victims. P poor white Catholic males. They're the victims. And that's the really a hallmark of every authoritarian fascist cult in, in throughout history all of them the nazis the same thing they're the victims they were always the victims 
I mean, how do they stand it? How do they stand being, what is he, he's, he's a, a Catholic student. How do you stand, I mean, I'm, I was raised Catholic. I'm not Catholic anymore, but, you know, how do you stand being so oppressed? I mean, there's only five Catholics on the Supreme Court. How do you stand it? Really? How do you uh, how do you live under such a repress re, uh, such repression and oppression? That's what the powerful fascist white establishment. This is what they do. They well, just notice it. We you'll notice. I'm sure you notice it already. They cl they try to claim the mantle of the oppressed. It's part of how they continue the oppression. They have to be the oppressed. So when you stand up and say, stop oppressing me, they're like, what are you talking about? You're oppressing me. It's part of the game. This is what they do. This is what fascists do. They're the, they're the oppressed. Even the Nazis, they, every act of hate and crime against humanity was justified as a self-preservation an act of self-preservation. We're just, we're, it's, it's self-defense when we disappear these families in the middle of the night. If we didn't do it, they would be overrunning and taking over. I mean, it's like, it's like the McCloskeys. They're so oppressed. They're the ones with the, with the A freaking K-15 or wherever the hell it is. And their dumb, stupid silver pea shooter pointing at people, a deadly weapon, but they're the oppressed. They're the ones being threatened by people walking. Chump cheered on the suit, posting a tweet, reading, go get him, Nick. Fake news. Oh, my God. Make it stop. The Sandman saw 250,000... No, no, wait, what am I talking about? 250 million in damages. <laughs> I'm sure they... they I'm sh I guarantee you, they got not even a fraction. Which their attorneys noted was the same amount Amazon founder and chief executive Jeff Bezos paid in 2013 to purchase the post. Oh, so he wants... They want to buy it and turn it into a mega magazine meaning make America grift again? Well, it's not again. Keep America grifting. Sandman was on a trip to Washington with his classmates from Covington Catholic High School to march in an anti-abortion rally, a pro-birth rally. After completing the march, the students were waiting for a bus at the Lincoln Memorial. Phillips was at the mall, blah, 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 for a rally for indigenous people. Initial news accounts, including the posts, relied on eyewitnesses such as Phillips and a limited number of videos posted on social media. Sandman wasn't identified in early accounts and didn't speak public publicly about it until several several sorry days later. Covington Catholic and Covington Diocese initially issued an apology on behalf of the students. Well, why not? You know, poor things. Issuing apologies, even if it was 
it wasn't completely the full picture because here's the other thing the Washington Post because it is a journalist it's it's a news paper and written and run by human beings human beings sometimes make mistakes so they issue corrections that's the difference between journalism and Fox News and propaganda There'll never be a correction for all the lies that the Republicans peddle. So when you look at a, a, a kid with a smirk standing in somebody's personal space that looks so disdainfully on some... I mean, anybody who stands that close to somebody with a smirk like that, that's not an act of respect. So the Catholic diocese, the Covington diocese, was right to issue an apology and say, you know, we will correct this behavior. If that's the case, if they don't, if he didn't, he didn't realize he was doing anything wrong, then correct him. That's part of growing up. Sometimes you make mistakes and you don't feel like you, you didn't do it on purpose. It's because you don't know any better. That's the nature of being a youth. You don't know any better. You haven't been taught yet. But if anybody, let's say I walked into the Catholic Covington Diocese in the middle of Mass and, and stood one foot away from the priest with a smirk on my face, what, what message would that be telling or projecting? And I just stood there and didn't move. And maybe the, um, because I'm six feet tall, I'm sure the, church, the, the guy was probably, maybe he's five feet tall, five feet five. And I'm looking down on him with a smirk, standing one foot away from his face while he's doing his mass, praying over the, the, uh, the host. What do you think, what, what message would that be telegraphing to those in, in attendance? Oh, here's someone who really respects what's happening. Or what, what would they say, what's wrong with this bitch? Uh, how disrespectful can you be? It's disrespectful to stand in somebody's personal space. Enough said. With a smirk on your face, it makes it worse. And if he did it on accident, they need to correct. You know, sometimes you got to get corrected even when you make a mistake and you didn't realize, you know, and you still have to apologize for it. Oh, I am sorry. I didn't realize my stupid plastic grin was so um, disrespectful looking. This is only my face. I can't help it, but I'll work on not standing in somebody's personal space with a plastic grin. He wouldn't do that to one of the priests. I doubt you. I mean, really, let's put, put money on that. What would they do if he did that to one of the priests in the middle of mass or doing something priestly? 
standing there. I mean, really, just take that kid and put him in any other situation with that face. Oh, it's so put upon, though. He saw, it's him. He's the victim. It's because he didn't respect the Native American religion. That's what it is. He can, he's mocking it. I mean, that's what it looks like. If that's not what the intention was, then, I mean, it, more fault on him. If you're trying to get across a different uh, message that, oh, no, no, I, I really apologize for that. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm trying to be respectful. Please forgive me for my sp stupid plastic grin. I had no idea it came off so disrespectfully when I'm standing motionless one foot away from your face. Unbelievable. Some of the students began sports cheers in response as Phillips approached. News organizations sometimes settle defamation claims rather than face a trial. Even with a favorable judgment at trial, the costs of defending against such a suit can be substantial. So there you go. That's partly why, I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm telling you, they settled. They didn't get anywhere near what, $250 million. Give me a break. In 2019, a federal judge in Kentucky dismissed Sandman's suit against the Post, ruling that all of the challenge statements were either opinion, not defamatory, or not about Sandman specifically. But in October, the judge William O. Bertelson, man, Bertelsman, yeah, reinstated part of the lawsuit based on a motion to reconsider an amended complaint filed by Sandman's lawyers allowing the case to proceed on three statements in the Post's article stating that Sandman had blocked Phillips and would not allow him to retreat. Oh, so, well, that's what um, is contested. They didn't contest that he was standing one foot away from him with a smirk. It was that, oh, well, you see, he, he wasn't being blocked. We're pleased that we've been able to reach a mutually agreeable resolution of the remaining claims of the lawsuit, said the Post's spokeswoman, Chris Corradi. Executive editor Martin Barron declined to comment. The Sandman's attorney, Todd, Todd McCurtley, McCurtry, issued a statement saying that they had agreed to settle with the Post because the Post was click, quick to publish the whole truth through its follow-up coverage and editor's notes. Yeah, that's what happens in journalism, not like in Republican land, in pro Republican propaganda land. Another member of the legal team, Lynn Wood, noted on Twitter that Sandman, that Nicholas Sandman marked his 18th birthday, birthday on Friday, and the legal team gave the gift of justice from the Washington Post. And Nicholas Sandman tweeted in reference Oh, my God, these people. To other media organizations that were sued. The fight isn't over. Two down, six to go. F you. Oh, my God. So I, 
I saw that Nicholas Sandman had tweeted, two down, six to go. Oh, what a victim. You're a real crusader, kid. Keep up the great work, you know, making America great by helping the dictator envying, the tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying, con man with a fake university environment scam, berate and undermine the free press. Good going, kid. And you know in your heart, if you're a Catholic, you believe in Jesus, you're at least you pretend to, you look yourself in the mirror, Mr. Sandman, Mr. Nick now that you're a man at 18, look yourself in the mirror and swear to Jesus. Tell us all, Jesus, I didn't mean to disrespect that man when I stood one foot away from his face with a plastic smear of a smirk. It was all a, it was the, it was all a misunderstanding. And swear, swear on your Bible. I highly doubt it. So, this Nick Sandman, what the heck is it? Wait. He tweeted, on July, wait, wait, on February 19th, I filed a $250 million defamation lawsuit against the post today i turned 18 and wapo settled my lawsuit for how much not and not uh, anywhere near 250 million dollars you must be kidding kid thanks to my family and millions of you who have stood your ground supporting me i still have more to do and i i replied to him, Mazel tov, you have a long career as an aggrieved white Republican professional victim ahead of you. Congratulations, Sandman. Another white Republican professional victim. All right, my friends, we're gonna... Oh, look at this camera. I don't look that good. It's all blurry. Well, it's probably better that it's blurry. I look like not good. Guys, guys, guys. I want to thank you. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Thank you, Covert White Rabbit, for your super chat. Thank you, Haku, for your super chat. Jim says you look fine. Thank you, Jim, for your compliment. Fine? Just fine? No, I know. Now I'm fishing. <laughs> You're fine. The only mirror you need, you look fine. It's true. It's it's all my brain. My brain is broken. Body dysmorphic disorder. <gasps> Richard, super chat right under the wire. Richard W. Thank you, Tara, he writes. And thank you, Richard. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to try to do more shows, as many shows as I possibly can. So what helps is when we get new patrons. We need about a 1,000 more patrons. And, you know, you might think that that's uh, the impossible dream, but my God, my God, it ain't. It's only, um, it's a drop in the bucket. We, we're, we're definitely... Um, 
you know, we got a ways to go, but there are many, there are so many more of us that are, that really want this show. They need this show. They don't know the show yet, but they will find us. Oh, thank you, Covert White Rabbit writes, you're beautiful. Thank you. I definitely would. You would what? <gasps> Something. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you would what? Oh, okay. I see. I get it. You guys are great. Thank you so much. And so, all right. In the meantime, please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Hopefully, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I don't know. I need to do as many shows as we possibly can so we can build the audience. This is how we, we'll get the word out. The more people that like and share the show, the more people that subscribe. So if you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button and hit the little bell notification so you will be notified when we record another show or a new show. And yeah... And then we'll grow. We'll have to grow. We got to get to the point where I can just do the show every single day. And then who knows? The more patrons we get, the we can even hire somebody to help with the show. Oh, my God. Look who's coming over. Come on. Here he is. It's Tara Jr. Jr. <laughs> Hello. Oh, he's running. And there goes Francis. They're chasing each other. Well, they're having fun. You saw him just go by right there. All right, my friends, thank you so much. Hopefully, we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow, okay? If we get a patron, it makes it a lot easier. Work it, you're worth it. That's right, Haiku. Remember, we stick together we went go watch the republican i mean the well the democratic convention the democratic convention right democratic convention it's not the republican convention I, even though i keep seeing all these republicans everywhere it's kind of weird guys 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 remember we're right we are right we are on the right side of history we are on the right side of democracy we Stick together, we win, and we will win. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. You know what to do. Share the show, like and share, hit the notification button, become a patron, blah, blah, blah. I will see you very soon. <laughs>